So Jack just read us a story, a parable, about ten young ladies who were on their way to a wedding. Five of them were wise and had prepared and brought extra oil in case their lamps ran out. Five were foolish. Their minds were probably preoccupied with other things. It was still light when they left home. But now darkness was coming. It's kind of like forgetting that your headlight is burned out until it's nighttime. Kind of what they did. The bridegroom wasn't on time and their lamps were running out of oil and they didn't have any extra oil because they hadn't brought it along. And so they asked the five young ladies who were the wise ones and had brought along extra oil if they could borrow some from them and they said no. Go see if you can find some. If you can buy some. And the foolish young girls ran out into the village to try to find oil for their lamps. And while they were gone, the bridegroom came. And when they got back, the doors were shut. And they couldn't get in. The parable of the wise and the foolish maidens is not based on a fairy tale. Even today, middle-class families in Palestine do celebrate weddings just like Jesus described 2,000 years ago. And I would imagine that today there are still some who miss out on the feast for various reasons, for not planning ahead, for not being ready. Here's how one man describes what he saw when he took a trip to Palestine. He said, when we were approaching the gates of a town, I caught sight of a group of young maidens who were beautifully dressed and playing a musical instrument as they danced along the road in front of our car. When I asked what they were doing, my guide told me that they were going to keep the bride company until the bridegroom arrived. I asked him if there was any chance that we could stay and see the wedding, but he shook his head and he said, no, because we don't know when the wedding will be. It might be tonight, it might be tomorrow night, or it might be much longer. Nobody knows for sure. Then he went on to explain that one of the great things to do, if you could, at a middle-class wedding in Palestine was to catch the bridal party napping. And so the bridegroom would come, will come unexpectedly, and sometimes he'll even come in the middle of the night. Here's the question for us this morning. Are you, am I, prepared? Do we have oil for our lamp? Who knows what tomorrow's going to bring? Who knows what kind of a test might come? Who in the world saw COVID coming? None of us. Who knows if we'll even have tomorrow? The bridegroom comes unexpectedly. Many things in life come unexpectedly. Are we prepared? For one thing, are we making the most of the opportunities that God has given us and continues to give us? There was a jewel thief back in the 1920s by the name of Arthur Berry. And one night the police caught him after many, many robberies. They finally caught burglaries, I should say. They caught him. And he ran and, and was in a gunfight with the police and was shot three times. And he fell through a glass window. And with 
shattered glass stuck in his body. He laid on the ground in a great deal of pain. And I guess not really surprisingly, he made a decision as he laid there bleeding. He said, I ain't going to do this no more. To make a long story short, Arthur got out of prison 20 years later, and he settled down in a quiet little New England town. And there he became a respected citizen. But then, one day, word leaked out who he was. And the press got a hold of it. And so they came running to this little town to talk to this notorious jewel thief who was living in a small town and an upstanding citizen there. And one young reporter asked him, Mr. Barry, you stole from a lot of wealthy people in your life as a jewel thief. Let me ask you a question. Who did you steal the most from? Without hesitating, Arthur Barry answered, that's the easiest question I've ever been asked in my life. The man I stole the most from was Arthur Barry. You see, I could have been successful in life. I could have been a businessman. I have a good head on my shoulders. Had I used my God-given talents and developed them legally, I probably could have made it big in business. But I spent a good part of my adult life behind bars. Arthur Barry was a man who stole from himself. He didn't use his talents and his opportunities given to him, and it haunted him for the rest of his life. What about us? Have we taken complete advantage of the opportunities we've been given? Let me narrow the question down a little bit more. Have you and I been faithful in our service to God and in our service to other people? The year was 1780. In New England, there was an eerie, dark day that frightened many people. At noon, it was as dark as night. The birds were even confused. They sang their final evening song and flew off to their nests. The cows came home from the pasture. Chickens came home to roost. Everyone thought it was nighttime. And the Christians in that town fell on their knees and asked for a final blessing before the end came. In Hartford, Connecticut, the state legislature was in session. And someone moved to adjourn thinking that maybe this might be the day of judgment. But then one of the legislators stood up and he said, I am against adjourning. The day of judgment either is approaching or it is not. If it is not, then there's no reason for us to adjourn. But if it is, I choose to be found doing my duty. I wish, therefore, candles to be brought and the meeting to continue. The legislature approved his request. Have you and I been faithful in our service to God and in our service to others? If the bridegroom were to come, would he find us faithful? And then a third question. Is there anything in our lives that would make us ashamed or embarrassed if the bridegroom came? The great preacher Jonathan Edwards believed in the principle that Jesus taught in this parable so strongly that he wrote it down. And he wrote it down in the form of a resolution. 
He said, I resolve to live with all my might while I do live. I resolve never to lose one moment of time to improve it in the most profitable way I possibly can. I resolve never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. A mother wrote to Catholic Digest that one day she was heading up the stairs with a basket of folded clothes, herding her three little kids in front of her for bedtime, and her oldest child, Peggy, who was then in kindergarten, picked just that moment to ask a question. Mommy, if it were the end of the world and everybody were getting ready to die, she stopped, said a really quick prayer for wisdom to answer this question, and she said yes. And the little girl finished her theological question. She said, if the end of the world were to come, would I still have to take my library books back? That little girl didn't want any unfinished business in her life. How about us? Is there some unfinished business that you or I need to take care of? Is there anything that we might be embarrassed or ashamed about if the bridegroom were to come today? Here's an important question about the uncertainty of tomorrow. Do people that you love know how much you love them? Do the people in your life that you appreciate know how much you appreciate them? Sometimes we wait, and it's too late to say, I love you, or please forgive me, or thank you. The story is told of William Steiger. He was a businessman who experienced a terrible emotional breakdown. His energy was gone. His enthusiasm for life had vanished. He was depressed. He found professional help, but it just didn't seem to be working. And days turned into weeks, and he was still depressed. And one day, his best friend said to William, when was the last time when you singled out just one person in your life who has been good to you, and you expressed your gratitude and your appreciation. That question bothered him. He went home that night, and he sat alone in his living room, and he took out a paper and pen, and for the first time in 20 years, he thought about his high school math teacher. He had not even thought about her in years, but she had taken an interest in him. She had helped him to discover a love for numbers and for just it, it, that that's his life progressed after that and, and math was always a very big interest to him. He didn't even know he had that interest and wouldn't have if she had not spent that extra time with him. And he imagined that she, she got him to imagine that he might be worth something after all. And so he wrote her a simple letter and said thank you for those things. And several days later, by return mail, a letter came back. And in the shaky handwriting of a long-ago retired teacher, she wrote these words. She said, my eyes were blinded with tears and are now as I write. You are the first student in all my career who has ever written me a letter 
to express thanks. I will keep it as long as I live. With her response to his letter in mind, he thought of somebody else. And so he wrote another letter, and then another. And he didn't even notice when he was no longer depressed. He got well, and as he discovered the joy of expressing his love and his gratitude to others, his life improved. If you knew that the bridegroom was coming soon, are there some people you'd want to express your appreciation or your love to? Who knows what tomorrow may bring? Why not do it? Why not do it today? One final question about the coming of the bridegroom. Would he find you a stranger or a lifelong acquaintance? When Queen Mary of Orange was about to die, her minister wanted to console her and was reading scripture. He was concerned whether or not she was prepared for this journey, and so he asked her. And her response was, I have not left this matter until now. She was prepared. She'd given it much thought. An old Scotsman expressed the same sense of assured preparedness as he faced eternity. As a friend offered some kind words at the end of his life, he said this, I thatched my house when the weather was warm. Think of the wisdom in those words. I thatched my house when the weather was warm. He was prepared. He was ready. Dr. John Mitchell wrote a story about seeing a friend who was in the last day of his life. When Dr. Mitchell came to his bedside, the man reached out and grabbed his hand and said, Oh, John, I'm so sick. And at that, his head dropped back, laid onto the pillow, and his eyes closed. John thought he was gone. But about a minute later, he opened his eyes again. And he said, John, is that you? Dr. Mitchell said, yes, it's me. The dying man said, my, my, I'm so disappointed. I was expecting to see the Lord, and all I saw was you. There was a man who knew where he was going, a man who was prepared, a man who knew that his Redeemer lives. We have no idea when our time might come. We have no idea when the bridegroom is coming, but it pays to be prepared. It it pays to have that sense of urgency that says that it might be any moment. In an NFL game, the last two minutes of the first quarter and the final two minutes of the game, there are more points scored than in the other 20 minutes of football, very often, 20 plus minutes. So imagine for a moment that the bridegroom is coming today. Have we done the most we can with our opportunities? Have we been faithful in our service to God? and other people? Have we gotten rid of anything in our lives that we'd be ashamed of? Can we think of people that we ought to express our appreciation and our love to? And finally, 
let's think about how our relationship is with the bridegroom himself. Is he our best friend? You say, man, you're asking a lot of me with this list of questions. Not really. How do we do it? It's really not that difficult. There's a song by Danny Gokey that's popular right now. I'll read you some of the words from that song. I've been running in circles, jumping the hurdles, getting caught in that rush of doing so much. I'm feeling kind of worn out, all this checking the boxes, trying to be flawless, has me spinning my head, catching my breath, too afraid to slow down. I tell myself to keep this up, that God wants more than just my love, but I've been complicating things. It's just like me to overthink. Got to keep it real simple. Keep it real simple. Bring everything back to ground zero because it all comes down to this. Love God and love people. We're living in a world that keeps breaking, but if you want to find a way to change it, it all comes down to this. Love God and love people. Let's be prepared. No regrets. No if-onlys. Just, I did my best to serve and love my God and to love people. Amen.